and watch because everybody had talked about insulin resistance, but people hadn't really realised that it was this continuous high level of insulin in the blood that was causing the insulin resistance in the first place. This is the Diabetes Freedom Podcast, proudly brought to you by purenutrients.com, the type 2 diabetes specialists. Here we discuss the latest science to treat, prevent and reverse type 2 diabetes naturally, so you can reclaim your health for a long, healthy and happy life. Pat Ridley here, welcome to episode 2 of Diabetes Freedom. This episode, we're calling, what is all this talk about carbohydrates? Because no doubt you've heard a lot about carbohydrates, the low carbohydrate, high fat or healthy diet and how it can be beneficial for type 2 diabetes. So today, Suzanne and I, we're going to be talking a bit about this. So Suzanne, hey, how are you going? Very well, thank you and hello to everybody. So what is all this talk about carbohydrates? Why, why is this important, if important at all? Well, I think it's extremely important because basically the Western diet that most people are following is jam-packed full of carbohydrates. And with that, we are seeing increased levels of obesity and type 2 diabetes, and they are very closely linked. So when we talk about a low-carb diet, you hear this all the time, people seem to feel that they're going to be eliminating all carbohydrates out of their diet. Well, that's just not true. There's lots of vegetables and fruits and they, they all have some degree of carbohydrates. Some of them are quite low. So we're not going to be looking at eliminating carbohydrates. We're looking at reducing carbohydrates and particularly those processed foods that are laden with carbohydrates and often hidden sugars. Okay, so what is it about carbohydrates? Well, firstly, what is a carbohydrate and what is it about the carbohydrate that has that connection to weight gain and diabetes? Carbohydrate is a macronutrient. So along with protein and fat, it is one of the major components of food. Basically, carbohydrates contain carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. They're made up of a combination of those. What's important about carbohydrates and the relationship to obesity and type 2 diabetes is the effect they have on blood glucose levels. And hence, once you get higher blood glucose levels, the effect they have on blood insulin levels. So a carbohydrate is essentially a chain of sugars. When it's absorbed into the bloodstream, it's broken down into, into various sugar components, and it, in, which is glucose. It's broken down to its basic component, which is glucose, and hence blood glucose levels rise. So every time we eat, you know, depending on what we're eating, our blood glucose levels will rise. Carbohydrates are the component of food that raise your blood glucose the most because, as we said, they are chains of sugars. And what you're saying is really the emphasis here is on how that blood glucose um, calls upon insulin from the pancreas. And remember from if you've listened to our previous episode, we pinpointed that it's insulin resistance. So, in effect, too much insulin 
in the blood, in the system, which is causing your diabetes. So here we see that if you're saying carbohydrates, out of the three macronutrients, which are carbohydrates, proteins, and fats, if the carbohydrate elicits the, the, the strongest call upon insulin, then really it's these types of foods that are contributing to diabetes the most. That's absolutely right. And not just diabetes, but of course obesity. And we know that obesity and diabetes, type 2 diabetes, generally go hand in hand. So the obvious thing is to look at reducing the amount of carbohydrates you have in your diet so that we can lower the blood glucose levels. And once you lower your blood glucose levels, you immediately lower the amount of insulin that has to come into the bloodstream. And we know the key is it's all about the blood insulin ultimately. It's the high continuous levels of insulin in the blood that ultimately cause the insulin resistance. And this came about, this was very interesting. This was called like the factor X. There was a, um, a scientist, Bar Bar Barbara Corky, and she won the 2011 Banting Medal for her work in this field. And watch, because everybody had talked about insulin resistance, but people hadn't really realized that it was this continuous high level of insulin in the blood that was causing the insulin resistance in the first place. So basically, it all goes back to having high blood insulin levels. And this comes about because basically the way we eat and how often we eat. We all, you know, there's a lot of focus on what we eat and we get, we delve into that a lot. But often what is overlooked is how often we eat and when we eat. And that's, a, that's going to be a whole, that's a whole section on its own. It's quite in depth and we will go into that in our next podcast. And so here, this is what you're referring to with factor X, Dr. Barbara Corky. This is what she said. I've got a screenshot of it. We need an alternative model. My model proposes that environmentally induced elevated background levels of insulin superimposed on a susceptible genetic background or basal hyperinsulinemia is the root cause of insulin resistance, obesity, and diabetes. So two things here really is that she's saying that genetics are not the number one thing. And you hear that a lot, people saying, oh, it's in my family, you know, it's in my genes, so of course I'll have diabetes. Well, no, it just means that you have a genetic predisposition. And it doesn't mean that you are chained to diabetes forever. What um, Barbara Corky is talking about is that it's the environmentally induced background levels of insulin. So meaning that things external to you, your behaviors, the food you're eating, how frequently you're eating. And when you place this upon your genetic predisposition, then it's going to be really enhanced. And this is what she's seeing is the cause. And plus, you don't actually have to have a genetic predisposition. You can just eat really poorly and still get diabetes. So I think this is a key thing. And this is from her study, uh, hyperinsulinemia cause or consequence. And this is what's really highlighting the fact that it's that hyperinsulinemia in the first place and not the general focus on this compensatory hyperinsulinemia, meaning that this is the, 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 pan the pancreas 
pouring out more and more insulin to compensate for the high blood uh, glucose levels. So we know that it's food, of course. Now you're saying that if these carbohydrates elicit a high level of insulin, then obviously if you're eating them all the time, that's going to be another big contributor. That is what I'm saying. So obviously we have a very valuable tool here. Now we understand that obesity and type 2 diabetes is all about those high blood insulin levels. And we know how to get those insulin levels down. So let's look at the, the, our diet. Let's look at those contributing factors. We've already said about the three macronutrients. All of them do cause some insulin levels in, in the blood to rise, but at varying degrees. So if you eat, you will get an increase in your blood insulin levels. But the, the major one, I think we've already stated this, but I will say it again because it's very important, the major one is your carbohydrate content in your food. And different carbohydrates will elicit a different response. The second one, the proteins, well, the protein does cause insulin blood levels to rise because it relies on the insulin to transport the excess protein into the liver. Fat has a very minimal effect. So let's look at the carbohydrates. And, and you just think of the general Western diet, how we're eating. Over since, since the 1970s, our carbohydrate, particularly our processed foods, have increased out of sight in our diet. And along with that, at that time, we reduced our fats and we have seen increases in obesity and type 2 diabetes. So the carbohydrate foods, what are we talking about here? These are the, the, the foods that are high in carbohydrates are certain vegetables, things like potatoes, um, all, all the kind of root vegetables, beetroot, potatoes, um, sweet potatoes, which have a lower than potatoes, but they still do have a high carbohydrate content. Then you're looking at your breads, your pastas, your rice, your highly processed foods, your donuts, your cakes, your biscuits, all those muesli bars that, that, that pretend to be healthy but are high in carbohydrates. And the, and the really big one that stares you in the face, that's the worst of all, is sugar. And it's so prolific in most of our diets. I have a lot of people who say to me, oh, I don't really eat, I don't really eat sugar. They think if they don't add sugar into their cup of tea or coffee that they're not having sugar. But you need to look deeper. You need to read those labels and see that sugar is everywhere. Yeah, tell me about it. So like with, with my clients, when I'm helping them on a body transformation, predominantly losing weight and then shaping their body, the first thing is to identify how much sugar is uh, that they're consuming. And I always hear that too. Well, there are there's two people. One's like, yes, I know I eat a lot of sugar and I find it very difficult to not and they have, they have these cravings. And the other is, well, I'm very conscious of what I eat and I, I don't know why I've, I'm gaining this weight and I don't eat sugar, just as you said. But it's because it's hiding in the food. So these people aren't adding sugar to their their tea or coffee and they're thinking they're doing they're having a healthy choice there. Yes, that's healthy, but what about the pasta sauce? What about the breakfast cereals? I mean, that's a bad one in itself anyway. That's bad carbohydrates and it's laden with sugar. And then, and that's only just two examples. I had a lady the other day say that 
she eats, um, she lost a lot of weight, which is awesome. Um, she did it through this one type of meal plan. I won't say who they are because I don't want to get sued or anything. Um, but uh, she was saying, you know, I, I, ate, I ate all their meal plans and I lost like 30 kilograms. And my diabetes has come straight down, but I'm still diabetic and I can't lose this weight. And I was like, well, um, perhaps there's food that you're eating that you're not aware of. It's still keeping you in that diabetic range. And she said, well, I eat salads. They give me salads. And I said, well, do they give you salad dressing? She goes, yeah, they give me salad dressing. And I said, well, what's in it? She goes, well, dressing. <laughs> I said, well, it's probably just like a whole big bag of sugar, you know, to make it taste good. You know, and you've got to remember, like, these people don't really understand the importance of eliminating sugar. So, you know, all they're thinking about is low-fat diet, you know, and <laughs> that's absolute BS anyway in itself. And so this lady was just perplexed. And I was like, well, we need to have a food diary. You need to start documenting what you're eating. And we'll actually have a look and we'll calculate at the end of the week how much sugar you're putting in your body. And if you just remove that, guaranteed, you're going to feel huge results in a matter of weeks. So as you were saying, there's this this statistic here in Australia. It's like 75% of packaged foods Things in jars and packets on your supermarket shelves have sugar hiding in them. And even though on the front it's organic this and healthy that, like you were saying, the muesli bars aimed at parents who want to give their kids healthy options for the, when they'd go to school, they're giving them the most unhealthy option of all. These little things have sugar packed to the brim. They're packed to the brim with sugar. So let's just take a step back. And really have a look at what we're eating. The first place here is to understand what you're saying is carbohydrates are not really created equally. And there's a good tool here to identify which carbohydrates we can be confident in eating, meaning that they're not going to elicit a high insulin response. And this is the glycemic index. Yes, so the glycemic index is a very valuable tool, but, you know, it it needs to be used wisely. Uh, Basically, the glycemic index, it rates foods in relationship to pure glucose in how much that food causes the blood glucose to go up. So they give glucose a value of 100, meaning that it puts the blood glucose right up. Obviously, it's glucose, and then all other foods tend to be... um, you know, they're they're kind of scored accordingly. So say an an apple will have a glycemic index of 38. So that is a very valuable thing, but it needs to be looked at in relationship to the amount of carbohydrate you are eating as well. And this is called the glycemic load. Now, you know, you may get a a food like, um, you know, you may eat a food that has a very high glycemic index but only have a very small amount and also eat another food that has a low glycemic index but pile your plate full of it, and the actual effect on the blood glucose could be the same. And this is why I say you've got to use the glycemic index very carefully and look at other components like the load, how much you're actually consuming. A very good example of this is um, pasta. Pasta only has a medium glycemic index, but when you go and get a whole plate full of pasta and then put a bit of spaghetti bolognese sauce on the top, which is very common in the Western diet, that glycemic load just goes right up 
and the blood glucose will also go rise accordingly. And remember, high blood glucose brings in high insulin levels, and that is at the core. We're looking at how can we get these blood insulin levels down. I think what people need to focus on is coming back to, once again, a whole food diet, so steering clear of processed packaged foods. Consume the food to, you know, in its original form as much as you can and start learning how to combine them together for you know, healthy and tasty eating. Now, when we're talking about carbohydrates, how does someone really know you know, on which part of the glycemic index or glycemic load it's on? Is it low, medium, or high? How are they going to know this? Well, there's been some brilliant work done by P- Professor Jenny Brand-Miller, um, and she she's actually has, a, has a, you know, several books out, and in it she's tabulated an enormous amount of foods, and it tells you what the carbohydrate content is and its glycemic index. So that's a very valuable tool to have. She has a shopping guide you can actually take with you, you know, so there is a lot of very good information out there. She also, so she's a professor at Sydney University and if you go on Google and you type in uh, glycemic index Sydney University, you'll come up, you'll come across a link where you can actually put in a type of food and it will give you the glycemic index and the glycemic load. So you can have a search for that. I might add the link in the show notes uh, to this episode. Uh, but like what you're saying, Suzanne, is it just it just requires a little bit of educating yourself in the in the first instance. And you know, and, and it's not hard to really remember, you know, particular foods and where they are on that scale. So the message I would like you to take away, I'm gonna simplify this really down. If you can eliminate sugar from your diet or vastly reduce it, I know that's a big call for some people because they're so used to it, but start getting rid of sugar out of your diet. Stop eating processed foods, you know, like if it's breakfast cereals, muesli bars, anything like that in a package, cans, highly processed, they're bound to have sugar and they will generally break down to glucose very quickly and raise the blood glucose levels. So that means they have a high glycemic index. So just let's go with that. No processed foods, eliminate your sugar, concentrate on eating a healthy whole food diet. Try to eliminate bread, pasta, rice. And, you know, once again, I understand that's a big change. This is a process. Don't be too harsh on yourself. Go slowly with it, but start to get your food, your body used to not having all these foods. And you'll get great results. You'll start on that path of getting results. And let's remember, this does not mean that you can't have bread, rice, and pasta for the rest of your life. Absolutely not. You know, this is just minimizing these components of your diet. I mean, ideally, in the first instance, you should remove them to get the the greatest effect. But if you feel that you can't, well, I would challenge you to do it as much as you can. Encourage you to just put one foot outside the comfort zone, outside your comfort zone, because that's where your that's where your life really begins, outside of your comfort zone. And so if you can remove 
bread, rice, pasta, sugar, and there's processed foods, we guarantee that you are going to feel better. You know, and that's really what it's about. It's about improving your life and your health so you can live life to the fullest with your family. And that's really what any, what everybody holds, holds important. You, you, you must recognize that it's these little steps that are going to contribute to that. Now, the next step, though, Suzanne, I just want someone, for those of you listening, on top of this, the next episode you'll need to listen to because in that there is a very powerful step and it's all about when you are eating too. So I would suggest you to get a food diary and start documenting the foods that you're eating. Write down the meals and have a look at the labels if you're eating packaged foods and start paying attention to how much carbohydrates, how much sugar is in your bo- is going in your body on a day-to-day basis. That's, that's, um, that's great advice. So if you would like a downloadable PDF of what we've discussed, look in the show notes below. So we'll make it easy for you to pinpoint the exact steps that you can, can take. And if you'd like extra help, go to our website, purenutrients.com. We've got a whole bunch of free uh, courses on there. We've got our book, The Fast Diabetes Solution. So that's a, that's a, there's a free download on our website or you can purchase it on Amazon. So thank you so much for taking the time and we wish you all the best for your journey to diabetes freedom.